Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. Before I get into anything, I want to do some housekeeping. I'd like to remind everybody that Radio Free Brooklyn is sponsored in part by Pharmagear, offering little or no cost medical braces. For more information, you can call 844-598-6639. I trust that everyone had a gorgeous, wonderful, blessed week, and I am so happy to be back here on the air with you once again, where we can study the word of God. And I want to get straight into it today because I have a lot to cover, but I want to start out with my first scripture of the morning. And as always coming from the new King James version, and I pray the father And he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. John 14, 16. And today's lesson is titled, Well, Hello There, Holy Spirit. As you can tell from my title, my guest in the studio with me today is going to be the Holy Spirit. Now, I need to tell you, every Sunday... The Holy Spirit is my guest there. He's here with me. He's everywhere I go. So every week he's a guest. It's just that this week we're going to spotlight him and we're going to talk about him. So as Jesus promised, he was going to pray to the father to send us one that would abide with us forever. And we're going to look at the Holy Spirit He is God in the third person. He is the part of the Trinity that is most overlooked, but by all accounts, the one who is very present with us today in everything that we do. God, the father, we know God, the son, we know God, the Holy spirit. I'd have to say not so much. And in a Pentecostal church, he's known as the Holy ghost. I was never really fond of that name. It always made him sound so mysterious, like uh, like you can't really know him. And it almost made you, you would want to be almost afraid of him because nobody wants to deal with ghosts, right? Nobody wants to deal with ghosts. Whenever you think of ghosts, you always think of something scary and spooky. So I don't like referring to him as the Holy Ghost. I like to refer to him as what he is, God, the Holy Spirit the one that dwells within. So let's get to know him more intimately. And after all, it's only fitting to know who is helping us along with our journey, right? Let's get to know who he is, why he's here and what he does. In other words, just like we're saying, what's our purpose? Let's ask him, what's his purpose? The Holy Spirit in Judaism is thought to be the divine aspect of prophecy and wisdom. In the Hebrew language, he is known as Ruach HaKodesh, which means the Holy Spirit. He is in the Hebrew Bible and in Jewish writings, the spirit of Yahweh. So let's take each part of his name and define it for clarity. Ruach on its own means wind, 
spirit, breath, the master, leader, sanctuary. The leader will provide protection. Ha is to one to behold. Kodesh, holiness, separateness. To behold, reveal, change, unworthy going through this doorway will set him apart from the others. So when we take that all in its entirety, the Holy Spirit is the name given to the leader who will join us to clear boundaries, which will allow the least of us to be set apart and allow us to pass through a doorway that we could have not entered on our own and where God will show himself to us. So when we think of his name in that regard, it makes a lot of sense because we had to have Jesus, God, the son come to sacrifice himself to be our, our sacrificial lamb for the remission of our sins through the cleansing, cleanse through the remission of, for the remission of our sins through the shedding of his blood. Tongue, tongue twister. We had to have Jesus, the son come shed his blood for the remission of our sins so that we could have a connection back to the father. So now it makes sense that the Holy Spirit would follow Jesus because if he's the one that is sent to be the leader, to join us back through the doorway, he leads us into all truths. And he gives us everything that Jesus gave us while he was here. So it makes sense that he would come after and abide with us now today because he is being part of the Trinity. He's going to help usher us into where God is when Jesus Christ returns. Our first encounter with him is in Genesis 1, 1 to 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the faces of the water. So we see from the very beginning when God created everything, he was there. Our next encounter with him, we see him, is when Mary conceived. Matthew 1, 18 to 20. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you marry your wife, which is for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So we know that God used his spirit so that Mary could conceive in order to have Jesus. So that's where our second encounter came with dealing with the Holy Spirit. Then we see him as a helper. Now, God, now Jesus said that he was going to pray to the father to send us a helper. And as a helper, we see him in John 14, 26. But the helper, 
the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So this is where I always say, in order for him to be the helper, you've got to give him something to help you with. Also stressing the importance of reading your Bible daily, because how are you going to know what Jesus said if you didn't read what he said in the book? That's how the Holy Spirit is able to bring to your remembrance things that Christ has said to you. That's how you're able to recollect scriptures when you're in a certain situation. You notice how God will just give you certain scriptures that you're like, oh yeah, I could hold on to that. That's because you've read it in the book and the Holy Spirit is like, hey, hello, remember when? Let me, let me show you, let me take you back to when this occurred, that occurred, this happened. And look at the way we processed through that. This is what we're going to do now. So he's there as a helper to help you in all things. And in Matthew 3, 16, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. So even with Jesus, before he could start his ministry, before he went out and did his preaching and teaching and pastoring and being with the people and performing miracles and healing souls and healing the ill and resurrecting the dead, before he could do all that, he had to be he had to have the Holy Spirit indwelling in him as well. So Jesus couldn't have any power if he didn't have the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't until after he was baptized that God gave him the Holy Spirit in order to help him on his journey towards the cross. And here it is. The Holy Spirit is a power. In Acts 1, 4 and 8, we see in, in the scripture, scripture number four, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. And scripture eight says, but you shall receive power from the Holy Spirit when it has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. So Jesus was telling them on the day of Pentecost, he was telling them when they were in the upper room, don't leave from here because you can't go and do what I've commissioned you to do until you have the power that can only be given to you through the Holy Spirit. And once you get the Holy Spirit, then you can go out and do everything and witness of me, right? So in Acts 2, we see the promises delivered. Acts 2, 2 to 4. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
I have heard many refer to their encounter of receiving the Holy Spirit as having a rushing fire, like fire lit on them. And they always say the fire that burns within you is the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to give you my remembrance of my receiving. Well, I can't even say receiving because anytime you accept Christ, the Holy Spirit is already dwelling within you. Once you receive, once you accept Christ as being your personal savior, the Holy Spirit is already indwelling in you. Let me ask you a question. How many of you are aware that when you want to know God better, when you seek him for more information, he says, seek and you shall find. And most definitely that is true. When I was watching, when I was in the church and I would see people get filled with the Holy Spirit and some would dance and some would cry and some would speak in tongues. And I'm like, how do they do that? How did, how did they get to do that? That doesn't happen to me. Why doesn't it happen to me? And don't you know, People, God will send people in your life that can give you the answer to what you're looking for. Because I'll never forget, I used to talk to this woman on the um, at my workplace when I worked in the financial institute in the financial institutions, and she would say to me, "You can, you have the Holy Spirit. If you want to learn to, if you want to speak in tongues, if you want to see how He's going to manifest Himself in your life." All you have to do is pray and ask. All you have to do is pray and ask. And after we had had that discussion, she gave me the scriptures, Luke 11 to 13, Luke 11, 13. And it says, well, actually it goes from Luke 11. It starts at nine and goes to 13. But she said a Luke 11 to 13, 11, 13. And I went and I read ahead because, you know, in order to get a total understanding of what the one scripture means, you always have to go back and read what precedes it. So when I started from Luke 9 to 13 in chapter 11, it says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If the son asks for bread from any father among you, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a a serpent instead of fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? If you then being evil, and of course you see he stressed how he knew we were evil. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So when she gave me that, I said, oh, so all I have to do is ask. And that night I went home. Went in my room, closed the door. I wanted to be shut off from everybody because I did not want any disturbance. And I got on my knees and I just prayed to the father. And I was like, I've been praying to you. I haven't asked you for the Holy Spirit, but I really want it. I believe that I'm ready to, I'm ready for that experience with you, God. I'm ready to know you as the Holy Spirit in my life. And lo and behold, after praying and tarrying there, in the room with him by myself, the Holy Spirit 
came upon me and I started speaking in tongues to the point where when I heard myself, I stopped because I was afraid. I was afraid myself because I started speaking in tongues. And I said, wait, that's what I was praying for. So why am I afraid? And I went right back into it and it just was flowing out of my mouth, flowing, flowing, flowing nonstop. I don't know which language I was speaking, but it was just words coming out, just coming out. Just when I say flowing to the point where the only way I could stop it is if I were to close my mouth. But every time I opened my mouth, it was just flowing out of me, flowing out of me like the living waters that Jesus said would flow when he was talking to the woman at the well in Samaria. So I say all that to say when you, if you want to have proof that the Holy Spirit does live within you, God will give it to you if you pray for it. And now I know when it's working in me, I could always go to my, my heavenly language and I can speak in tongues, but I know when the spirit comes upon me, when something is, is feeling a certain way on me because I don't dance. I don't have the gift of dancing when the Holy spirit comes like David did. You see David danced out of his clothing when he got happy in the spirit. I don't have that. I have, when I get happy and filled with the spirit, I cry. I mean, tears will just pour out of my eyes profusely. I mean, I can dance, but it's of my own dancing. It's not that the spirit has taken over in my body and I'm just dancing. When it takes me, when I get it and I'm in a place where I can feel the spirit of God in the place, I cry. And that's when I know, yeah, the presence of the Lord is here because I cry. But everyone will express it in different ways. Some people dance and they don't cry, they dance. Some people pass out under the spirit because it's just so overwhelming for them. But people, they, we speak in tongues, you know, we speak in tongues as well. So that's just different ways that if you're looking for the Holy Spirit to show himself to you in your life right now, just pray Luke 11 verse 13 and they'll, you'll, get, you'll get your answer because that's how I got mine. So now let's look at how the Holy Spirit helps us keep the boundaries that have been set for us by Christ. And through that, we're going to take Romans chapter eight and the beginning of Romans chapter eight to me, I love the first scripture in the chapter eight from Romans. And it says, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I love that. I love that because that right there lets you know that no matter who tries to come at you with what your past was, no matter when the enemy tries to bring back to your remembrance all the bad things, all the horrible things that you might have said or done or life you might have been living, that verse right there lets you know you don't have to deal with it. You don't have to accept it, nor do you have to continue to walk and live in it. And if you continue reading down in that chapter, it says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, 
Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And see, that's what I'm talking about when I said in the beginning, when we read what the whole meeting of the meaning of the name Ruah, Ruach Hakadesh. When I read what that entire meaning melt meant, that he was the leader that was going to lead you into where God is. This is it. This is the indwelling of him in you. So he will be able to raise your body when Christ comes back. The same way he raised Christ, the Holy Spirit living in you, that will be the power that is going to raise you on the day when Jesus comes back. So as you can see in those verses, we see that everything that is pleasing to God is through the spirit. We must walk according to the spirit, not according to the flesh, because the flesh is sinful. And we know, well, let me say it. I know it. When I allow my mind to take me to think about things that involve the flesh, I could get myself in all sorts of mischief. And I know I'm not the only one. Can I see hands raised? If we were on, if we were in an audience right now and I say, raise your hand, some of you might not raise it because I forgot. Some of you are just so holier than thou, but I'm not that one. I am not the holier than thou one. Yes, I know I can on a good day and even on a bad day, do some stuff that I should not be doing. But hey, I'm willing to admit it because you know why? You know why? Because like I said, in Romans eight, there is therefore no condemnation. And I'm not saying that because we're under grace and we have God's mercy that we should just go and do whatever we want and run amok and act crazy. No, that's not what I'm saying. But when we find ourselves where we have fallen into that type of behavior, something that we might not have wanted to do. And I'm going to even admit, sometimes I consciously do do things that, you know what, I really shouldn't be doing that, but you know what? I want to do it. I want to do it. And that's the human side of me that I'm constantly trying to kill. That's the flesh side of me that I'm constantly trying to keep under control, but I can only do it with my helper here. That's with me today. The Holy spirit. He's the one that reminds me, uh, now Kenya, you know, you should not have done A, B, C, D. And then of course I feel guilty. He's my conscience. I have to then repent and say, you know what? I really shouldn't. But then I say, you know what, but God, this is why. And I go and I have my conversation. I go and I have my conversation. And once I have my conversation with my father, not that I'm justifying anything that I do because nothing is justified when it's against anything that he says not to do. Anything that's a sin to him, there's no justification for it when I come and try to plead my case as to why it was, why I felt I needed to do it at the moment. But what it does is because of the relationship that I have with him, because of the relationship that I have with the son, because of the relationship that I have with the Holy Spirit, I'm able to do my whining, crying, fussing and complaining, and then come to my senses and do what I need to do. 
And that's the beauty. That's the beauty to me of being a follower of Christ. That's the beauty of having a personal relationship with the father, being able to come to him as raw as you are in all your circumstances and just lay it on the table before him and feel okay when you get up, right? So now let's continue because we have a lot more to cover. You know what? I'm going to take a little break here. We're going to have a little music break and then we're going to come back and we're going to finish up with our lesson in, well, hello there, Holy Spirit. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, what Brooklyn sounds like.
Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Now, what I always like to do is when I make certain statements, I like to have scripture to back up what I'm saying. So it's not like I'm just talking off the top of my head. And when I had mentioned earlier, when I said that same spirit that raised Jesus up will raise you up as well, you can find that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 to 18. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means proceed those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet, the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And all that is talked about in the book of Revelations, right? All that is talked about in the book of Revelations, the return of Christ and how he's going to come and all those things. But that same spirit that raised him originally when he was taken down from the cross and laid in his tomb and rose on the third day, it's that Holy Spirit that's going to raise us up to be with him in the sky. Okay, so that's where you can find that. First Thessalonians 4. 15 to 18. And now I want to also say the ultimate purpose of the Holy Spirit is to advance the agenda of God, right? God created, Jesus showed us how we should live, and the Spirit helps us to stay on that course. All of them work together to give us what we need here while we're walking here on earth. So now the Holy Spirit He helps us when we're weak, right? When we have weaknesses, he helps us in it. And Romans 8, once again, I love that chapter. If you haven't read it, please read it. Verse 26, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. So see the Holy spirit, when we're praying, and that's what I love about the relationship, because when you have a relationship, a relationship, see, I'm getting ahead of myself. Lord help me. When we have a relationship, you have the connection between the father, the son and the Holy spirit, and they all work together. They all work together. So you can call on all of them, all of them at any given time. But the one that's here with us right now is the Holy Spirit. And let me say something. I don't want anyone to think that because I only picked out a few scriptures from the Bible, that that's the only place the Holy Spirit can be found. He's present throughout the same way God is present throughout the book. Jesus is present throughout the book. We know that there's foreshadowings of Jesus to come in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, he is manifest. He's there. He's born. The Holy Spirit is throughout all the threads of the scripture, starting from the Old and into the New Testament as well, right? 
the prophet Joel spoke of God stating the outpouring of the spirit upon mankind. And this can be found in Joel chapter two, verses 28 and 29. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also my manservants and my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in these days. And as most of you who follow my show every Sunday, you know that we learned about the Holy Spirit in Ezekiel. 37 when we talked about the dry bones for those of you who missed that lesson you can go back into my archives which are found on radiofreebrooklyn.com go to my show page what would k say and you can look up all my past shows and you can also find me on spotify and on itunes so we see throughout the scriptures the holy spirit is there all the time he was just waiting you know how they wait off on the side like say if this were a broadway play and everybody always says life is a play and you get to run through it now i know you've heard that analogy of life being like a play and everybody's on stage and everybody's an actor and an actress well if we were to look at life in that term that life is a play and we're all on a stage then after when Jesus comes and he's on he's on stage and he's doing what he needs to do for his performance then as soon as Jesus exits we have the holy spirit waiting in the wings to come in and take his part and that's where we are right now the holy spirit right now is on stage with us and he's playing his part in our lives daily so now I want to also mention how the spirit grants us wisdom because if you go to first Corinthians chapter two, nine to 15, but as it is written, eyes have not seen ears, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of men, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Right. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things yes the deep things of God for what man knows the things of God except the spirit of the man which is in him even so no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God these things we also speak, not in words which men's, man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So see right there, it's telling us God has revealed everything to us through the spirit. It is the spirit that lives in us. And it goes right back to, again, as I constantly say, he brings back to your remembrance, but he can't bring back to your remembrance. Some few don't know. So everything goes back to knowing the word of God, having a relationship with him and his son so that you can then 
coexist, live peaceably, have the Holy Spirit dwell within you and do and perform the way he is supposed to in your life. So with all that, that we have learned about the Holy Spirit today, my special guest, as he is here every Sunday with me, I want to say, if we had to ask the question, what is his purpose? I would say, as he's telling me, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's our counselor. He's our comforter, our strengthening force, our inspiration, our revealer of the scriptures, our consciousness of sin. He calls us to be ministers and intercessors in prayer. And if you think about it, listen to the names that he has. Don't they sound similar to someone else's names that we called? Jesus. Jesus was our teacher. He was our counselor. He was our comforter. He's our strengthening force. So you see, they all, you can tell they're all interconnected being in the Trinity because they're all there to help us bring us back to our creator, which is God, the father, right? And when we think about it, when we think about the Holy spirit, when we think about him, we could not do anything apart from him just like we couldn't do anything apart from Jesus. Hence why Jesus had the father send him here to dwell within us. We do not need someone else to walk amongst us. We already had Jesus for that. We needed someone to be in us, in us. And that's the closest that anyone could ever get to you. Cause when someone's, when someone lives inside of you, there's no closer than they could ever get to you. They have your heart. So let the Holy Spirit have your heart. And I hope that in everything that I've spoke about today, I hope that in everything that I've said through the scriptures, that it gives you a better understanding of whom he is. And I'll tell you, when I first, when I first got, you know, when I first felt the feeling of having the Holy Spirit, you know, dwelling within me, I read a book years ago and it's still out right now. If any of you want to pick it up, it's called Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. Excellent book. It is so enjoyable and it's delightful when you read it and it really gives you an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. I know that once I read that, I was totally like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to have met you. So now I've gotten even to the point where, because now I know who he is through reading that book and have a really good understanding of his place in my life. Every morning when I make, when I wake up, as soon as my eyes open, the first thing I say is good morning, Holy Spirit, because I know he's there. I know he's right there with me. He's the one that nudged me and woke me up to say, okay, you're sleeping too late. Or you know what? Even if you lie back down and go to sleep, you need to know what time it is. So you know what's going on with your day. He just gives me a reminder that yes, God has given me another day in the land of the living. And I'm so grateful and so thankful for that. So that concludes my teaching on the Holy Spirit. I hope you guys got some information from it and I hope it, 
I hope it inspires you to go and learn more about him on your own. You know, because I just touched the surface with a couple of scriptures that came to my spirit to give you. But like I said, he's throughout the pages of the book. So as you now read, when you're doing your daily reading, see if you can find him. See if you can find where he's at in those scriptures that you're reading. See if you can see where God is allowing you to understand that it is the Holy Spirit that's there, that's doing whatever it is he's doing and working within your spirit as God is trying to touch your heart as he talks to you through his word. So we skipped op-ed for this week, which was fitting because this was more important. We'll probably go back to op-ed next week, or actually we're going to go back to op-ed when God gives me the direction to go back to op-ed for right now. He didn't have anything that he needed me to speak on specifically, but I know when there's a topic that he wants me to cover, he will definitely give it to me. And I will, of course, as always relay it to all of you. So with that, I want to remind all of us our word of the month, which is conqueror. And we are conquerors, not only just this month or today, but we are conquerors every day of our lives as we take this walk in Christ and as we live our life. And our promise for this week is going to be, our promise today is going to come from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 11. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And with that, I say have a blessed Sunday. Have a blessed week. Remember, COVID is still out there. Wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance, and until God brings us back together again next week, peace.
Change my pain for pain.